Welcome back to Listen For Real. Hi, everybody. This is Jennifer Brown, and I am with Julie Wood today. And I'm going to tell you right now, we are talking about something so different. Nothing you have ever heard on this podcast before. And I am jazzed. (laughs) I'm super jazzed. We are talking about plant medicine. We are talking about mushrooms, ayahuasca. But ladies and gentlemen, human beings of planet earth. Let me tell you, there's so much more to this than meets the eye. And I had no idea. I still have very little idea or very little understanding around this. So I said, Julie, please, will you come? Can we have a conversation? Can I just ask you all the really weird, goofy questions that everyone's afraid to ask? Cause I know I am, cause I, I don't even know how to tread around this topic. Cause it's so historically taboo because it gets linked with hallucinogenics and drug abuse and the war on drugs. And next thing you know, it's like, bum, 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 this is so bad. And I'm realizing there is sacred, beautiful ceremony, um, spiritual journeys. There's so much to this. And Julie, when I met you, just the beauty and the care in the way the reverence you even talked about this topic with me was stunning. And so I just wanted to hear from you and let everyone meet you and know more about you. So welcome, Julie. Thank you, Jen. I'm so happy to be here. I love talking about this and I love your open-mindedness towards learning about it. So thank you. Well, you know, thank you for that because that's birthed from a, a a long period of an adulthood of closed mindedness where I made very broad sweeping judgments and assertions often. And I can't change that. I used to be that way, but I can definitely change the way I approach my life now. And I I've said this before, but I have a a sense of pure curiosity and intrigue and such a desire to expand my perspective because this world, this life is amazing. And there's so much more to it than just my little limited lens shows me. And so, yeah, I, I, I just want to understand this more. I want to know your experience and you have, you've studied, um, this is not, this is not just, oh yeah, this is someone who, um, has, has, okay. So full disclosure, let's start over. (laughs) Because I will not start over, but it, my audience is very used to the fact that I, I stream of consciousness talk sometimes. Nice. When I was in high school, there was the classic high school and college of, oh, okay, you, you do shrooms or you drop acid or you smoke a bunch of weed and alter your state. And it was completely about dropping out, altering your state period. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was my whole frame of reference. And you remember the first time we were talking about, I said, will you explain more of this? So this isn't just like getting stoned, getting high, getting, um, just completely tripping out. And, and you're like, no, (laughs) not at all. There's, there is sacred ceremonies and thousands of years of plant medicine that um, does beautiful things for people. Mm-hmm. And so will you just talk more about that? So for the person who's listening going, yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah. Because I remember, well, I'll let you talk about your, your singing. Over oh, things. Yeah. I mean, I just, I love it so much. There's so much reverence <laughs> and care you take, and you're one of the most beautiful souls I've ever met. And so, um, yeah, tell more about where, So I have that mindset and where you're coming from. Okay. Well, first of all, I came from the exact same mindset. You know, I'm 51. So I was born in 1970 and the, you know, all these substances were made illegal in 1968. So I grew up to, you know, using all the legal drugs, like, well, alcohol. Um, I think I had like a half a tab of LSD once, maybe two mushrooms. Like I was very tentative. I never tripped with any of that stuff. And I really wasn't that interested. And then everything, <laughs> everything changed in, uh, well, it was nine years ago when I met my husband. And 
the the friend who set us up, she said, well, Julie, I have this guy. Do you like bald guys? And I'm like, yeah, bald I like guys. bald guys. And she said, well, I met this contractor from New Jersey at a spiritual retreat in Brazil. And I'm like, that's interesting. And she said, but he's down in Peru right now taking ayahuasca and puking his brains out. And I was like, oh, okay. He sounds like a really interesting guy. And I had never heard of ayahuasca. I had, I had no interest in plant medicines, but, um, for the I uninitiated define ayahuasca. Cause I, until recently had never heard of it either. What is ayahuasca? Okay. So ayahuasca is a plant from the Amazon. Actually, it's not a plant. <laughs> it's a brew from the Amazon of two plants. It's the ayahuasca vine and it's chacuna leaves, which have DMT and DMT is the psychoactive substance. Okay. And so those two are brewed together. And, um, they help you reach expanded states of consciousness. Okay. Or what some other people would call hallucinations, but hallucination to me assumes that it's fake Uh and it's unhealthy versus my experience of it. And a lot of, which is that it's, it's actually helping you see more of reality. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, actually, I just want to share this. It's so interesting because I read recently how it works. And this was actually published in Nature Magazine 10 years ago in 2012. Okay. And the way, so the way our brains work normally is they filter out a lot of reality, right? Like they just want us to see, hear, feel, smell, whatever we need to survive. And what psychedelics do is they slow down your brain activity. Like they take the filter down mm-hmm. so we can experience more of reality. No way. So, so it's like it's removing that filter that is kind of your protective mechanism. Yeah. So, so surprisingly, like you would kind of think, oh, you take psychedelics and your brain must be going crazy, but actually it's, it, they've studied it and people's brain waves like calm down. There's less brain activity. And that's the idea is that it actually takes down the filter. So you can, you can experience more of what's really there. Experience more. Do you mean sensory? So your sensory perception is more acute. Is that what you mean? It can be. Okay. Yeah. So you have, hmm, yeah, your sensory experience, experience could be more acute. For example, like you might kind of see the music that's playing, you will see all sorts of things that you wouldn't normally see. Um, you can receive messages you wouldn't normally experience. You can feel like you're like um, much bigger than just a person in a human body. You can kind of feel the the bigness of who you truly are. Wow. You'll often feel like a sense of interconnection with, with just everything, including nature, especially because they're all plants. Um, yeah. So there's just so many different experiences you can have, but they're, yeah, they generally are very expansive and that they expand your view of, of what's real. Wow. Okay. So for someone like me who I find this intriguing and a little scary because I have a history of, um, addictive behaviors around alcohol. And so that feeling of being out of control and out of my mind, which I know is probably very different when you're drunk on alcohol and and it's alcohol poisoning essentially, versus something that is a plant that is, it's like, what's the plant doing when it slows down your brain is it blocking something? Is it kind of sh- quieting the ego? It's almost like I feel like it's quieting the ego and the personality so that you're just this soul and body experiencing everything. Is, is that- I love that. I love what you just said. That feels like just what it is doing. Okay. And, and here's one thing is that these like substances like ayahuasca and mushrooms and I mean, there's several other ones. Um, you know, they can be used like alcohol as a, to party. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, they can be, and you can have some pretty 
healthy experiences, I think, with them if you're using them just to like. Oh, explain that more. So explain because you explain a little bit of your background because you're not just some (laughs) rando who, um, you know, has decided she likes mushrooms. Um, Julie studied this. She has practiced under actual practitioners who are healers and medicine people. Can you just talk a little bit about your background so that people understand that? And then I want you to explain the difference between um, carefully engaging in it like a medicine mm-hmm. versus partying. Right. Okay. okay. So my background, yeah. So grew up in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., I went to Princeton undergrad. I worked in corporate America in advertising, like very much of a rule follower, um, you know, like traditional kind of person, although very much always very interested in my spiritual growth. Um, Went to a Christian church for a year, went to like study um, yoga, Siddha yoga for a couple of years, you know, like I just... So I've always been really interested in that. And like I said, it wasn't until I met Russ and he was, you know, like he had done these, Russ is my husband. He had done these ayahuasca retreats that I even learned about plant medicine. So this was nine years ago. Now, (laughs) so I'll share that. So what happened was when I met Russ, it felt very divinely guided. He'd closed his construction company in New Jersey. I was just so ready to leave advertising. I was about to get fired. Like it was just, it was done. And I'd said to him, you know, I just really want to change my life. And we'd known each other two weeks. And his response was, well, you know, why don't you quit your job and sell your apartment and travel the world? And I know someone who'll go with you. And we, you know, just started talking about all the places we could go. And three months after we met, that's what we did. I sold my apartment. I quit my job. And we just took off in this little Jeep Wrangler and ended up going uh, around the world for five years through 69 countries. Yeah. That is so badass. 69 (laughs) countries. Yes. Yes. It's the most beautiful thing ever. Oh, I love this. Well, don't do it in a Jeep Wrangler. They're very small to live with another human inside of, but it was amazing. And and so a lot of the journey was the whole beginning of it was we drove into Mexico through Central America and down through South America. And these are the, these countries have a tradition of using um, plant medicines. Actually, I mean, there's tons of places that use plant medicines. They found art, you know, with mushrooms in them from 5,000 BC like in Algeria and Spain and Guatemala and Siberia. So they are all over the place. But um, anyway, ayahuasca is used in the Amazon and mushrooms are really important in parts of Mexico. And so what happened for me was we decided to do this journey and Russ had been working with this intuitive. So I had some calls with her right before I left. I mean, here I was like about to run off with this man. I barely knew, like, you know, I wanted any support I could get. And she said to me on this one call, she said, have you ever heard of the 13 grandmothers? And I'd vaguely heard of them. And what they are is the, this, they're called the international council of 13 indigenous grandmothers. And she explained to me that there's one grandmother from Alaska, her name's Rita Pitka Blumenstein. When she was a little girl, her grandmother had said, when you're old and gray like me, 13 women from the four directions are gonna come together. And I'm leaving you 13 medicine bags for when this happens. And lo and behold, in like 2004, I think, this woman had this inspiration to bring together this council of indigenous women. So a lot of them are medicine women. They're all elders. There's Lakota Sioux. There's one from Gabon, from Tibet, from Brazil. Yeah. And so anyway, she said to me, this intuitive said, well, just so you know, your soul has asked to apprentice with them and they're here. They're gathering around you. And they're handing you a medicine bag. What? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. 
So, <laughs> so we watched, me and Russ watched this documentary on the 13 grandmothers. It's called um, For the Next Seven Generations. And Russ, who is just like this huge energy guy, he'll like, he was like, okay, we're going to meet as many of them as we can on this journey. And the first one um, would be Grandmother Julieta in Mexico. So we had seen in this movie that, so what, what they did was the 13 grandmothers went to each other's homelands and did ceremony with each other. And so when they all went to Oaxaca, Mexico to visit grandmother Julieta, she served them the sacred mushrooms. And so that was kind of part of our initial intention was let's go, let's go to Mexico and find grandmother Julieta. And we did. And that was my first mushroom experience. Your very first mushroom experience was with her. Yeah. And did you tell her about what the intuitive had shared by chance? I no. Okay. But I will tell you what I experienced in that very first medicine journey. Yeah. And were you scared? Were you nervous? So, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think because Russ had been down to this place in Peru, a retreat center mm-hmm. a couple of times, and he had made such good friends. And along the way, like, you know, our very first stop in the journey was in Austin, Texas, where he had, I think, five friends who he'd met down there. And so they were all so normal and open-minded and like great people. And they loved this place. And they had so many good things to say about their experiences that I, and we kept meeting these people along the way, you know, we stayed in New Mexico with some guys he'd met down there. And like, we just, it, it just, it really normalized it for me just talking to all these people who had, who had worked with ayahuasca and it became a like, Oh yeah, of course we're going to go there uh-huh. at some point, you know, on this journey. So, um, so yeah. So was I scared? I didn't feel scared. Like it was great. You know, we were in grandmother. like, it was kind of this whole magical story of finding grandmother Julieta in this town of like 35,000 people. Cause we had no clue. And, you know, of course, as it would happen, you know, we, we went to the market and we had breakfast at the stand, this one stand. And I asked the lady if she knew her and she walked me to the, to grandmother Julieta's house. And, you know, her son answered the door and was like, I can't believe you found us because people are always just sending people away. Like no one would ever walk you to our house, but you happen to ask the, you know, basically like my I don't know, my cousin's mother-in-law or something. It was some relation, you know, who I happened to have found. And um, yeah, we were in her house. So grandmother Julieta wasn't, wasn't that well. She's since passed, but um, she was upstairs, but she had coffee with us and just chatted about her experiences with the 13 grandmothers and then we did ceremony in, it was, she has a ceremony room downstairs in her house. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think we did one ceremony with her son and two with her daughter. So what grandmother, does that who mean? When you doing ceremony, ceremony. Yeah. Would you explain what that means? Or is that like a sacred thing that would be too intensely personal to ask someone? Cause I truly don't know. So it's a hundred. Yeah. I'll explain to you how it works. Okay. I mean, the part that's personal, that's really hard to share is what you experience because like, and I find that I've learned like not to share too much of my experience in these journeys, because it's kind of like trying to share a dream or something like it can be really personal and significant to you. But like when you try to explain it to someone else, they can't really be there. Yeah. But it doesn't do it justice probably as well. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And so people will say like, the more you talk about your experiences, like it's like they're losing power every time you express them. So it's just real. That was a real learning for me to just keep it inside and process it. But the structure of the ceremony, I mean, it, it, they tend to be generally the same in my experience, um, really wherever you go. So 
so, okay. So we were in the ceremonial space, which basically was this room downstairs in, in grandmother Julieta's house. It was full of flowers and different saints. And especially our lady of Guadalupe, who is basically the patron saint of Mexico. She's right. awesome. Yes. And, um, there was seven people there that first night. And so generally what like a, someone running a ceremonial do is definitely they will have set the space with prayers and just, you know, set intentions and may this be a healing space. And they'll usually call on whomever they call on, you know, archangels or the four directions or what, whatever. Um, in the Mazatec tradition, they'll usually use, um, they'll burn copal, which is a, a tree resin. And that is um, said to carry your prayers up to the divine uh, and the for sure we'll have prayed over the mushrooms so the the mushrooms for the mazatecs they call them the nino santos which is the holy children mm. and they say it's as sacred as taking uh the body of christ like it's wow. like a eucharist it's very very sacred for them and um so they will have certainly prayed over the mushrooms and the way they served it was um, a little plate with mushrooms and some cacao. So cacao is um, obviously what we used to make chocolate, but it's been sacred to the Mayans and to other cultures. It's said to be a, a heart opener and also tastes pretty good, you know, like after you eat the mushrooms and then they'd also pour their local honey over it. So that's how they served it. Uh. And um, yeah. And then, you know, I mean, anytime I'm in a ceremony, I'll like pray over the medicine myself and I'll, I try to talk to it and tell it what my intention is. That's a really important part of a ceremony is just being open to what's going to happen, but also having an intention, like whether it's just, I want to expand my consciousness. I want to connect more deeply to my heart. I want to connect to my gifts. I want to heal the relationship with so-and-so. It's nice to have an intention going in. That's not like I want to trip. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then with, you know, you'll take the mushrooms. So I took the mushrooms and then generally like they'll usually hit, like you'll start to feel different after maybe 45 minutes. And if you don't, you know, in this case, like they offered more mushrooms. Um, so that's normal. Like you kind of want to start with not too much. Right. And then if you're not feeling the effects, you can take a little more. Mm -hmm. And then you, then you're kind of in your own space, having these experiences for a few hours. And, you know, in this case, the grandmother Julieta's daughter or son were singing songs. So singing uh, songs in Mazatec or in Spanish, um, generally with a, like for them, it's like with a more of a Catholic Sort of so we are you theme. saying you're in that room, you're in that room with other people. They are mm -hmm. also taking the medicine and yeah. having their a part of this ceremony. Mm -hmm. Are you like walking around? Are you laying down? How, like, do you do things physically so, or do you, and then they're just standing there and they're playing music the whole time. They're singing. Uh -huh. And so everyone was in their own space. And that's pretty oh, normal. Okay. You know, I've, okay. I probably, you know, at this reach, so I've done ayahuasca as well in Colombia and Brazil and mostly in Peru mm -hmm. and then also San Pedro medicine, which is made with a cactus. I've done that in Ecuador and Peru. And with all of them, you're in your own space. Oh. So, um, your eyes are closed, you're lying down or sitting. I mean, as you get more um, used to it. It's nice to sit because you can work a little bit more with it instead of just like being taken on a journey. Oh. Um, but, but yeah, so I was hundred percent lying down and, um, like you're not sleeping. No, I mean, you could fall asleep and I think the, the medicine would still work on a certain uh -huh. level uh -huh. for sure. But no, you, you're not sleeping. Wow. You're kind of engaged, you know, you're basically having these experiences. I mean, for me, the main thing I remember from that first journey was I felt myself flying behind three of the 13 grandmothers who I wow. really considered to be my guides in a sense of one was grandmother. Julieta, 
She was on the side. One was grandmother Rita, who's from Alaska. She's also since transitioned. But like I, the, the one time I met her, we saw each other and we both started crying. Like there was just some connection there. And then grandmother Florida Mayo, who is from Nicaragua originally, she's Mayan. And she's one I haven't met yet. And she lives in New Mexico where I live. So I'm someday I'm going to meet her. You're kidding. But, yeah. No. It's so beautiful. So that was like super profound for me. And then I also just felt like a sense of like healing. Like I had this vision of this like kind of dinosaur creature and I just felt like stuff was leaving. And so that happens a lot in plant medicines, ceremonies, especially ayahuasca is that you're releasing energy that doesn't serve you. So, so like with ayahuasca, it's known to be very purgative. So a lot of people throw up or they have diarrhea. Oh, that's well, why you said when you were talking about the bald guy, Russ, puking yeah. on ayahuasca. Yes. So it's literally purifying you physically, mentally, everything. It's, that's, it's purging stuff out of you. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and it doesn't, you know, I'll just say, cause I probably did about like, I don't know, 35 ayahuasca ceremonies. I threw up four times ever because you can actually like make, re- like I, so my husband loves puking. He would puke his brains out and he'd be happy. I would ask the medicine, can I please have this be a little more gentle? And then you can release by crying, by shaking, by yawning, like by, uh, well, those are, those are the main ways. But you can really, you know, you can be releasing energy in any of those ways. Energy that doesn't serve you. Or um, one of my previous guests, we were talking about trauma and how the body keeps score. Yes, for sure. And that it gets trapped in your body. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Like, yeah. Tension, energy, trauma that gets kind of trapped in your body. It helps to release that. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, for me, like, interestingly for me on ayahuasca, when I threw up, it was really clear to me what energy I was releasing. And that's not uncommon. Like, so you'll, you'll often re-experience it as it's leaving. So for example, I, I just had like all this tension in my back and my neck and it really hurt. And I just kind of flashed back to being a child and feeling like I needed to protect myself and kind of, um, what would you say? Like armor up from the back. And I just, I felt that energy, you know, I, I saw it and then I felt it leave while I puked it. And sometimes when you puke, even it's not like, cause you're, you don't eat a whole lot. Like you, you eat as little as you can yeah. in the hours before. So sometimes you're just puking up like black stuff or whatever. Um, it's- <laughs> wow. This is fascinating. Yeah. Yes. Friends, you're still here with us at the Listen for Real podcast. What a trip. I mean, this is a total trip to to understand and learn this. And I have such a feeling of, yeah, awe and wonder and how I've always wondered, like how people in centuries past would discover this stuff, you know, they just decide, oh, I'm going to eat that leaf or I'm going to eat that mushroom or I'm going to eat that. And, but that's one of some mushrooms will kill you because they're poisonous and some won't. I've always found that fascinating and yet beautifully divinely inspired that we are guided for our highest good. And I, I do believe that. I believe that um, for me, I call that God, that God does guide me for my highest good. It doesn't mean life is perfect and I don't choose things and, or have things happen. Of course, those things, it's not all perfect in roses, but mm-hmm. I, and so I think it's so fascinating that this is so, um, such a stripping away of all the things that hinder us like ego, like personality, like our hangups that keep us from getting to the real essence of of life, of spirituality, whatever it is, right? Like I know that's a journey I'm on big time right now. This last 
couple of years, especially this last year, my just desire to connect to love and the human beings and the the life around me and the divine, um, it's it's as clear to me as the sun rising. It's clear, it's obvious. And it, it just, it's this constant feeling of more is being revealed. More is being revealed. Oh, now, oh, look at the synchronicity of that. Oh, wow, look at this. So I kind of picture these experiences that on steroids. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like, oh, the synchronicity of that. Oh, suddenly, oh, that makes so much sense. That's what I picture heaven feeling like, um, if, if you want to call it that, when we happen to be released from this particular body, I picture heaven kind of just this greater, oh, of course. Yes. That makes all, yes. That's all makes all the sense in the world. Everything makes sense. All the puzzle pieces fit and I get it. So is that kind of the, a, a, a fair perspective on what's possible with plant medicine? I think it's, yeah, I mean, something that's possible. I mean, that's just like a beautiful way to approach the world, Jen. Mm. You know, I, I think, I think it was like, there's some quote from Einstein, you know, you can look at everything as a miracle or nothing as a miracle. And I mean, why not look at everything as a miracle and to be attuned to all the synchronicities and like, you, you just feel like you're in this beautiful space of gratitude and, you know, for sure the, the plant medicine, I mean, I don't really know all the science. I know that like it does, like they do affect um, the serotonin levels in your brain. So I do think it helps to, to, connect people with gratitude. And for sure, just when you're in that space, you often just, yeah, like you just sense how connected you are to everyone and to nature. And so that helps to create this way of being that you're talking about in your regular life. Now I want to be clear. I'm actually a low serotonin person. Julie and I are not doctors. We are not, um, we acknowledge these are not legal plant, plant medicine like this is not legal in the United States where we live. So we want to be really clear about that. I'm not saying go run out and you you all are grownups. You, you need to be wise. Um, But it makes me think about, oh, for someone who's let low serotonin or struggling with depression and saddled yes. with that, I wonder how that, I mean, we'll take medicine from a pharmaceutical company. Yes. Okay. We'll take, I'll take something that then literally you read the, the insert on it and it says, yeah, you'll have, you'll have loose bowels and you'll <laughs> never have an orgasm and you'll, I mean, I'm sorry to be so graphic, but some yeah. of these pharmaceuticals, yeah. you know, you're trying to not be depressed, but it's pretty depressing what the side effects are. Well, right? that's what's, yeah. And that's, you know, I find that so fascinating, but yes. then we'll frown upon someone who's talking about plant medicine. Well, it's really shifting. Earth. Yes. Right. Exactly. I mean, it is really shifting with cannabis being legalized. Um, so psilocybin, so it was classified as a schedule one drug in, in 1968 mm-hmm. and schedule one drugs are said to have a high risk of abuse and no medicinal value. Okay. First of all, it's completely not addictive. Like you can't get addicted to mushrooms you can't get addicted psilocybin to, I, is a mushroom oh sorry psilocybin is what's in what people no call magic mushrooms oh, okay i'll call them sacred mushrooms usually or psilocybin mushrooms but you can't be addicted to them and there now there are i believe 68 um research institutions in europe and north america who are currently authorized to be studying a psilocybin yeah. So the the active ingredient and the mushrooms, and they're studying it for terminally ill patients to reduce their anxiety and to approach their death with more calm, serenity. They use it for, um, they're studying it for PTSD, for depression. So for, um, I think some of the different um, psychedelics for um, getting off other addictions like heroin. And so, um, I like the research is amazing. 
And there's this organization, if people are interested, if your listeners are interested, it's called, look at maps.org, M-A-P-S.org. And it stands for a multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies, which just has tons and tons of research. It was, it was founded in the 1980s by a guy named Rick Doblin, and they fund a lot of these psychedelic studies. So they're authorized, obviously, you know, it's like Johns Hopkins university doing these studies. And, and the guys at maps believe that, that psilocybin will probably be legalized. Well, there's different levels of legalization, but that the process might start in a couple of years. That's incredible. And I hope so, because it has no side effects. It's not addictive. It doesn't have side effects. Like, it grows from the mother earth. Yeah. You know, like it just, I'm so happy that there's, there does seem to be quite a dramatic shift happening, you know, that just that we're starting to recognize that there actually are benefits from using these substances, which I mean, like you said, what are the chances that someone in the Amazon would have figured out to stick a vine and a leaf together to be able to journey. I mean, for me, it's like, yes, it has to have been divinely guided. Like somehow the plants were communicating to the human, Uh, you know, I mean, I'm here to help. (laughs) I'm here to help. Eat me, brew me, drink me. Oh my gosh. I mean, it sounds so funny, but yet it's kind of, it's cool. I mean, it's beautiful. And I'm one of those people that I go, I just think the universe is magnificent that this all is so big. It's make it's it. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. Yeah. I say it all the time. Why not? And what's the harm, you know, other than we have our own hangups and, yeah. and there's some that, that would have in the beginning of this podcast would have heard the mushroom comment and been like picturing the bearded dude at the dead show and not, you know, <laughs> grandmother Julieta, right, but a right. healer and, and these grandmothers who are at, perform, in sacred ceremony with one another and just love and want to be love and bring healing and goodness to humanity. Yeah. How cool. I mean, it, it's just cool. Let's, yeah. let's take a quick, yeah, go ahead. And then I want to take a quick break and come okay. back. Okay. No, I was just going to say, like, we're also concerned about the climate crisis and our treatment of the mother earth. I mean, like, isn't it just kind of magical, the idea of working with these medicines that grow from the earth that are here for us to help us realize that, oh, actually we're all connected to each other. We're all connected to nature. And, you know, who knows, like how they might inspire people to come up with solutions. So it is like, uh, yeah. Well, and I, and I, and, and believe me, I do not, I do not suppose to disparage every pharmaceutical that was ever out there. No, Um, I do not. But I do think um, because many pharmaceuticals found their genesis in plants. Of course. In, I mean, morphine is what from uh, the poppy seed or something like that. Right. I mean, they're, we were given this planet and all that's on it for our benefit. And I think we were provided everything we need to live here. And so how we steward it obviously is one really important aspect, but staying attuned to and not forgetting that's more of it. Let's not forget that. Does it mean we don't avail ourselves? You know, if I have, cancer next year, then I'm not going to also avail myself both of my naturopathic and my integrative medicine docs and maybe plant medicines and perhaps Western medicine as well. Uh, you could probably much, pretty much guarantee it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I want to be careful not to disparage that, but I also think we need to open our minds up to just pharmaceuticals and, and the profit therein is not the only answer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back.
Okay. Here's some things I'm really curious about. When someone engages in ceremony and takes plant medicine, does it have like staying power or is this something you have to routinely ingest to, to reap the benefits? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah. I mean, you really have to trust your internal guidance, like how, how much you want to take the plant medicine. Um, it, it can, it really, you know, it builds over time as you're like the, I'd say the effects of it. And you're never really going to know like what all is happening within you. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I, so with my experience, you'll hear when I met my husband, I'd been working in advertising for 18 years. Mm -hmm. I never loved it. Mm. I had no idea what I wanted to do in my life. And I, we called our journey our spirit journey. I mean, our, our intention was to connect with spirit and hopefully to figure out what we could do. You know, I really did like want to connect with the gifts I'm here to share in this life. And so, you know, a, a clue came in with the first sacred mushroom ceremony and, you know, journeying with those medicine women and, you know, but then, okay, what do I do with that? I don't know. And, you know, over the course of my journey and these different ceremonies, I felt like I released a lot of the blocks that, you know, a lot of that, like you said, the stuff that we hold in our bodies, the conditioning from childhood. It's like, for me, it was a lot around, like, I'm not worthy of being loved. I'm certainly not worthy to guide other people or teach other people. And for me, it was kind of this magical process of releasing some of those blocks and slowly starting to see myself in another light. Um, you know, I had an experience at the ayahuasca retreat center. I'd been there enough times. It was, I, <laughs> I think it was on my sixth retreat there, week-long retreat. And the, the shaman had asked me to support in the medicine space. So that meant I drank the ayahuasca with the intention of supporting other people as opposed to going on my own journey. So my mm -hmm. eyes were open. I was there to support other people. And he, you know, he, he had me work with someone on helping her connect to her heart. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I'm kind of almost choking up because it was such a beautiful experience working with her in ceremony and out of ceremony. And it, at, one night during the week, he, he invited me to, to sing in the medicine space, which, because, you know, in these ayahuasca retreats, they would sing these different medicine songs and it was at the end of ceremony. So everything had sort of wound down and everyone's in this sort of very beautiful blissed out space. And they're slowly coming back to themselves. And, and in this retreat center, they would play different chimes and sing gentle songs. And anyway, I, so I went up, and I mean, I was freaked out about singing because I just never considered myself a singer, but I had learned this one song in Bolivia, in Portuguese. Wow. <laughs> they speak Spanish in Bolivia, but I speak Portuguese. I used to live in Brazil and I learned this song. And anyway, I sat down and I started to sing it and I was so self-conscious. It was coming out like, <laughs> it was awful, but I was sitting next to a friend and she, she put her hand on my back right behind my heart. And I just felt like she was saying to me, sing from your heart, sing from your heart. And so I just started to sing from there. And I, Jen, it was the peak experience of this five-year journey. It just, I felt like the entire space was just being filled up with love and it was just singing through me and all these people burst into tears. They started clapping. It was just epic moment. And the, the shaman there, he said, ladies and gentlemen, you're witnessing the birth of a medicine woman. And it was just like, wow. Like I just, I felt like that whole week taught me that my medicine is, is, is love to help people because that's been a lot of my own journey is like, connecting to my heart, trusting my heart, accessing the gifts and the medicine in my heart. And, um, and really like, okay, 
I, that's another, I still don't know where that's all leading, but, but yeah, like you asked if the effects of the medicine stay with you. And for me, it's just like, yes, I, I couldn't say, oh, it was in this ceremony that I started to feel like, um, you know, secure enough in myself that I could, you know, help other people access the love in their hearts or whatever. But, um, but just somehow along the way. So is it almost like you, you can't unknow a new knowing you've gained? Is it almost like that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because as opposed to a residual, like after effect, like a hangover, that's not what I'm referencing where it's a physical lingering of a substance in your body, but it sounds like it's more of a, I now know something that I is forever kind of in my marrow. It's in me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like for me, that there was just this one night I remember just being like, I was aware of being so big and so outside of my body. And so I just knew I was made of stars. That was the experience. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get back into that tiny little human body? Really? Yeah. And it's just like, that has stayed with me always this idea that wow, like we're all made of stars and we're all these like, you know, a huge, like, I don't know, I think of us as aspects of God, like that we just chose to come down to this human body. But to like have that visceral experience is, yeah, that's just something that stays with you. Oh, okay. That imagery is beautiful. That yeah, that there is just this, we are all part of, what is it? Someone just, I was hearing someone and I wish I knew so I could give them credit, but it was something to the effect of a drop of water is a part of the ocean. It's not separate from it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah. we, our spirits and souls, yes, they happen to be housed in these bodies currently, but our spirits and souls are eternal and we are part of this larger expanse that is all I call, I call God all because it is all like God God isn't even big enough. Like, I feel like I need to give God an even bigger name (laughs) because there's so much to it. And I don't want to minimize this majestic thing. Um, Gosh, there's not even enough word. There's not even words for this stuff, but ah, this is okay. So so that was one question I want to ask. And then how you started to reference how you're different or how other people are different. And that's something I really want to understand is that forever changed um, spiritually, emotionally, you're different after an experience and can you just expand more on that? Cause I, I want to just get my brain around that because I love the idea of growing, of evolving, of changing, of become, having new awarenesses and having your perspective expanded. And um, it just feels like everything's just been blown wide open right now. And so I just want you to, to touch on that a little yeah, more. If that I even mean, made sense. This totally. It's, it's really yeah. hard to articulate y'all. I mean, it's really hard <laughs> to put words to. So I can right. only imagine trying to articulate an experience that's so intensely personal would be very difficult. Like, yeah. how do you explain that? <laughs> I mean, how do you, I don't know. Like, how do you explain a mystical experience? But that's what, that's what it is. And it's funny, even in the research, like, you know, the Johns Hopkins research, which was with people who are terminally ill. And I think they said like two thirds of them said that this was one of the top five spiritual experiences they'd had in their life. And a certain number of them said, you know, the top spiritual experience. So I think it's just like, we can understand with our minds that we're all interconnected or, you know, that we're all aspects of the divine or whatever. But, you know, I think it's that, it's that having that experience or being, you know, 
taking the medicine and sometimes you do do it outside. Not I, usually for me, I've done it at night, but like with some of them, you can be outside, especially San Pedro medicine, which is this cactus also called Wachuma. And you'll just be like staring at the bees and the flowers and, and you know, you can just like sense this, this connection. And I think be, it's when you feel it in your body and you experience it, like you experience the expansion or you experience the connection or the, you know, love with other people or, um, you know, for me, like that flying with the, the grandmothers, like, wow, you know, I didn't like, like, where did that come from? And so, um, I think, well, like once you've had an experience, like you've experienced it or like even seeing, like, sometimes I like, I love that, like seeing the music, I feel like I can see the, the music moving in front of me. And it's just like, it, they're just such different and ex- like expansive. I mean, that's like, they're expansive and it just stays with people. You know what this, let me ask you this. You know how, if you've read people who've had um, near death experiences, or I remember reading one gentleman's book and he had gone to heaven for like 90 minutes or something. Yeah. And he talked about having been there and the glories of it coming back to earth was really hard. Like how could you let me taste that and experience it, but then have me come back to this earthly existence that is a little more, is a little less yes. lustrous, right? It's so is it- A lot less. <laughs> I, yeah, I was gonna say, so that's my question is, so once you've experienced this, that strikes me, that would be an addictive property in that you want to experience more of that because you now know- what's out there in your body and your mind are limiting your experience of it. And so you want more of it. I mean, what's to stop someone to go, man, I want this every day of my life. I want to live like this. I mean, I imagine you can't, what, how, how do you, how do you reconcile that? Like, well, okay. So when I say it's not addictive, like physically, it's not addictive, but yeah, I think you can kind of get really attached to having those experiences, but I do have to clarify because here I'm talking about all the amazing stuff. Like it's not from, I've read also about near death experiences and yes, they always sound extremely blissful. And there is an aspect of absolute bliss with plant medicines sometimes, and sometimes it's not so blissful, like re, so, you know, I mean, you can re-experience just like if you're letting go of an energy of, yeah, you, I mean, for me anyway, I did see this a couple of times. I even, I had had a, a past life memory at a, at a spiritual retreat center. And when I was on ayahuasca, I very much saw that energy. Like that was this energy of not it was just an energy of not speaking my truth and these kind of things. But it was like, I was so clear because it flashed back to me that that was leaving my body. So that was not that fun for me. Also, like on ayahuasca, it physically is painful to me. Like I definitely had an experience of feeling like, you know, like when uh, caterpillars go into a cocoon, apparently they liquefy mm. before they become butterflies. Okay. I swear it just felt like that to me in this one ceremony, like my entire insides were just like, it hurt. Like, I just felt like I was being dissolved in some way. And I really did feel like kind of like a butterfly coming out of it, but you know, it's not always sunshine and fairies. Like, you know, especially on ayahuasca. So mushrooms from mushrooms, I find it's not common for people to purge, to throw up or have diarrhea. It can happen, but it's, I, I've never experienced that. Um, but you, you know, you're still yawning and releasing energies and stuff. So it's a much more gentle, um, experience. And also, you know, if you're asking like, I want to see things clearly, or I want to see a relationship clearly, or, you know, you can be made aware of stuff that maybe you'd rather not be seeing, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's sort of like pushing you forward to like, okay, no, you need to see this clearly and you need to like take responsibility for this. And so it's not always bliss, you know, there there's definitely 
that that's a possibility. And I think it, it happens very often. And um, there can be some uncomfortable emotions that come up and just uncomfortable sensations that come up, which is, yeah. Wow. Which is, yeah. So would you, as someone who has both studied it and apprenticed under, what are they called? Like healing women, master healers? What What's the term? Well, I, I mean, I really haven't had like a formal apprenticeship. There are, you know, apprentice shamans, you know, okay. retreat centers, for okay. example, in Peru, or like, I've just had my own journey with it. Um, mm-hmm. And just assisted in other little situations. Well, I've, yeah, I've, I've assisted okay. in ceremonies in Mexico. Yeah. Like in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I did have the mushrooms in ceremony asked me to work with them, mm. which traditionally would mean I would go and study with a medicine woman. But I like, I already traveled the world for five years. I don't want to go study with a medicine woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, there are, anyway, so yeah. I, I'm just seeing how all of this unfolds and seeing if like mushrooms become legal in this country. In the meantime, I'm just going down to Mexico, but so, you know, I've had my own experience, but I haven't like formally apprenticed with anybody. So what advice or guidance would you give a friend or someone, you know, let's say it was me Mm -hmm. and you said, okay, Jen, here's some guidance that just from all of my experience, here's what you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. So first and foremost, I would say when, when you're trust yourself and trust your gut about where and with whom you take any plant medicine, because you're in a really vulnerable space and you want to feel safe. Mm -hmm. So the vast majority of people who are offering this are, I would, I believe are, have really good intentions, but there, you know, I've heard stories of, there are people who go, you know, tourism in Peru, for example, mm. and they're with a tour guide and the court guide's like, Oh, my friend's a shaman, but the friend mm. isn't really a shaman. And you know, your yeah. energy field is open. You're open. So there's two things that like from Timothy Leary, who was one of the early studiers of all this in the sixties. And I think he coined the term set and setting So mindset and setting, and then also dosage. Those are the three things that you just, that that can impact your journey, your experience, and you want to be careful with them. So set is like mindset. So I, I would, in ceremony, you want to have more of a, just a respectful mindset. Like this is a medicine. This is something, you know, it's like the sacred children, if you're talking about the, the mushrooms and you want to have an intention, like you need to be open because I believe the plants will show you and help you in ways that maybe you don't know you need it, but just to have an intention, whatever it may be, like some of the things I think I said earlier, I want to heal my relationship with something. I want to own my power. I want to love myself. I mean, you have no idea like how that's going to manifest, but some sort of intention, it's really good to think that through. And then, and then the setting, which is you want to be in a safe setting. Like, so, you know, you can do it with a friend as if it's a friend you really trust and you're in a safe space. That's just really important to be somewhere where you just can allow yourself to relax. Cause it's hard, like it's hard for us as well, I'll say Americans, but a lot of Western people, like we're, it's hard to release control. Mm -hmm. So to just, you know, allow yourself to be in a place where you feel totally safe and you can let go of control. I mean, it's not that like for me, it took a while to let myself like stop trying to like, remember everything that I was seeing and everything that was happening and just like, let it happen. Um, that would then be the, me. I'd be like pulling yes. out my journal, write this down. I don't want to forget right. this. Like yeah. you don't write it down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, exactly. Oh my gosh. So, um, and then the other part is dosage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's like, people talk about taking an epic dose, which is like this huge dose of medicine, which I, I've never done. And, you know, you don't really know how your body's going to react. And I'm telling you, it changes all the time. So like, for example, my very first mushroom ceremony, I took X amount and I had that experience. Mm-hmm. 
And then Russ wanted to stay and do more ceremonies. <laughs> and I burst into tears at the idea because it was just like, oh my God, I don't think I can do this again. Like it was so profound. And, but I did, and I took the exact same amount of mushrooms and I didn't journey at all. I was completely lucid. I was just like in the medicine space, listening to the songs in Mazatec in Spanish, and I wasn't journeying. Mm. And so my point is like, you can take the same amount of medicine. Mm. And if, if like you're, an aspect of you doesn't want a journey or the plants feel like, Nope, you got what you needed last night. You're not, you know, wow, so, that's yeah. so interesting. I know. <laughs> but the, the important point is like, you can always take more. You can't take less. So like you can't take away what you've already taken. So just yeah. start at a more reasonable dose. And if, you know, 45 minutes in, you're not feeling anything, take a little more, but, um, that, you know, I think it, I, I just, I just treat it with respect and yeah. take, take a little bit at a time. Um, and any like reputable, yeah, you know, place that you go, if you're going to, if you're doing it with someone who offers this or who's, you know, a retreat center, they're going to, they're going to handle it that way. So, you know, what just occurred to me as, as we're wrapping up is the beauty of the fact that plants have a wisdom and and a connectiveness and an intuition. And at first, when you said that before, I thought, oh, for God's sakes. Cause you know, we all like, this is also new. So we have our little gut reaction at first, like, how could that be? But then I began thinking, well, wait a minute. Uh, an amoeba has like a direction it goes. A, a plant knows when to blossom a, uh, a, a worm knows, uh, what, you know, ants know what to do. A little speck ant knows exactly what to do and what scent to follow and how to do things. I mean, so why not? Again, it's like, well, why wouldn't a plant have wisdom and energy and love and guidance? Why not? You know, there's an amazing film for everyone to watch. Huh. A documentary, it's called Fantastic Fungi. And I forget okay. if it's on like, I think maybe Netflix. It's so, so, so beautifully filmed. And it's not about psilocybin mushrooms. It's about the whole kingdom of mycelium and how like mycelium basically like connects everything under the ground, connects all the trees to one another. Like th that's one of the ways trees can, you know, send nutrients to another tree of its kind, or like send warning that they're being attacked by bugs. And it's all like the mycelium is, is amazing. And um, yeah, it's just a beautifully filmed. It's really a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, oh, yeah. I'll documentary. put it in the show notes. I'll put it in the show okay. notes yeah. along with the 13 grandmothers uh, movie. I'll put everything we've referenced in the show oh, notes, cool. you guys. So yeah, awesome. don't worry. Um, oh, Julie, you are just tremendous. I appreciate you. And I'm so, I'm so gratified. We talked about this and it, it just, I feel a lot of joy at just again, the possibilities that there's just so many amazing things to learn and know about and experience. And this is one more. I mean, it, it, my interest is so peaked. I have no idea where that will go for me. <laughs> um, but again, I am in such a space of wanting to experience more of God, of love, of, um, of that energy that is all of that. And the thing that always trips me up is, is, is my rational brain that always wants to get in the way and goes, well, that wouldn't be logical and blah, 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 or right. fear or worthiness or all the things that get in the way. And so when you talk about the idea that we can strip those things away and get back to the essence of what our soul and spirit are, are, and want to connect to and are connected to that, that is beautiful. And to me is just a glimpse of, of heaven, you know, right now. So uh, that's interesting. So yeah. Wow. More to come. Believe that as a cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, thank you. Thank you for your curiosity and your open-mindedness and like your approach to life. It's so inspiring, Mm. you know, just being so open and curious and just a great way to live. Well, I thank you. And just thanks everyone for being here. And if you want to connect with us, or maybe you have a question, or maybe you want to go, what, whatever, you know how it goes. You can connect with us about anything. That's what we want is listening for real and real conversations that come out of this, this conversation that we're all a part of. This isn't just me and Julie. It's all of us here. I'm at being real Jen on Instagram. Julie is at julie.k.wood on Instagram. So those, and and everything's in the show notes, y'all. But I, I thank you for, thank you all for having an open mind and Mm -hmm. just being a part of this conversation with Julie and I energetically, spiritually, and even with your questions, even if with your doubts, thanks for, for trusting us with that. I really, really respect and appreciate that. So have a great week. Thanks again, Julia. See you all next episode. Bye. Listen for Real is produced in Rockland, California and is edited and mixed with the help of Mark Edward. Our music entitled Zero is written and performed by Shannon Curtis. If you believe conversations like these belong in the world, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And even better, share it with someone else as a real conversation starter. We'll see you next time.